Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Outside the Zone. It is 2022, New Year, same faces, your favorite duo. I'm Pav here along with my guy, Doc. How's it going, man? Good to be back, bro. Back in the ha- new year. Happy New Year, bro. I missed you, buddy. You've been gone. You've left, me, you've left me for two weeks. I don't know what to do without you. I've been traveling, dude, you know. I had to go down to Houston to cover the KPJ stuff. Christian Wood, I've been traveling, dude, trying to cover the NBA, man. How's, how, how's your face? Did you get burnt from the soup he threw at you, or how's that, how's that working out? Second-degree burns. Second-degree burn? Okay, at least from, it's not a well, first for, Well, it was a combination of the soup and just the, the sun over there, man. It is hot. So combination of the two made it a second-degree burn, you know, adds up. So It's December, man. That's, that's cold weather for Houston. Mm, yeah, 85, 90, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So what an NBA season. I mean, we haven't had a podcast in a while, but, man, this has been a wild year. It's, it's crazy to me how last year was supposed to be like the COVID year. How is this going to work? First time not in a bubble, like real season. And there's just way more COVID cancellations, way more COVID infections way more people out this year which is like we were we were done with this we last year went through completed like and now we're we're even worse than we started did you say it's been a wild year yeah have you heard that before well i think it's been a wild day too dude we're recording this just for reference on january 5th lance stevenson puts up 20 in the first quarter outshining kyrie irving's debut for the year like dude I mean, every day, every day of the season has been absurd. Yeah, no and difference. Curry shoots, like, what, 5 of 23 from the field and loses to a Przingis-less Mavs? <laughs> Dirk Nowitzki's night. Dirk, Dirk's the spirits there. Man, what, like, yeah, Lance Stevenson just becomes Michael Jordan when he plays for the Pacers. Absurd. Like, I'm, I'm convinced. Absurd. <laughs> well, yeah, man, so we want to just – talk a little bit about the NBA season. Like I want to just hear your gut feedback reaction on all the stuff that's happening. But once we, once we get through that, I want to get into some, like I have a really good trade. I want to, I want to pitch to you and see your thoughts on and just other trades that we think with the trade deadline coming up in February, I think it'll be, it's the, it's the fun part of the year trade deadline. I don't think anything's more fun than the NBA trade deadline, um, especially for podcast hosts like you and I. So yeah, what, let's get into it. Um, what do you want to talk about first? Let's talk, you know, last year, I felt like every podcast would just talk about the Bulls and be like, why the heck are we talking about the Bulls, right? Like, they were irrelevant. Like, there was no reason, <laughs> but they always came up every episode. Yep. First episode we're recording this year, we got to talk about the Bulls, man. They deserve it now. It's crazy. I, it's I don't think either of us were that high on them either. Not at all. Like, I know I wasn't. <laughs> nope, me neither. And I got to say, I've been a DeMar fan for a long time. Like, in San Antonio, he was balling out, did not get the recognition he deserves. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he would fit this team this well, but he's playing so well, he's got to be in the MVP conversation. Oh, yeah. I mean, top seed so in the East, good. and he's the best player on the best team in the East. Who would have thought, right? Right? I, mean, I would have thought that he would have taken a back step to Levine being the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love Lonzo. You know how much I love Lonzo. Like, yeah. I, yeah. And who doesn't love Lonzo? He's just a perfect point guard you want on a winning team. Yeah. And I'm not surprised that that has fit well, but – once they added DeRozan, I was like, ooh, that's, that doesn't mesh well together. That, mm-hmm. And, man, it's, that's the thing. Like, he was so underrated as a playmaker in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that he, brought, he, he brought that to the Bulls. And it just helps Levine get more efficient. It helps Lonzo. Lonzo. Lonzo's shot improves every year. And I was really worried about 
Busev, um, Nikola Vucevic being a good fit on that team too. And he hasn't been that good to be honest, but he's still being able to make an impact. And like, he's like, he's able to find the way that his game is able to lead to wins and success for that team. Yeah. And I think going back to Vooch, right. I think just having a big who can space the floor as well. He, as well as he does is immense for a team like that, where, especially where now your main guy DeRozan is not a three point shooter, right? Contrary mm-hmm. to what we think now, after seeing the two crazy game winners on back-to-back days, like, dude, after the Indiana one, I was like, got to be the best game winner of the year. I mean, it was. Like, that game winner was absurd. The one-legged three-pointer, like, crazy. I don't know if you remember that one. It was a bad shot. <laughs> a horrible shot. And he made it. And then, obviously, the next night against Washington, I believe, and, like, the double clutch, he was, you know, double-teamed right over Beal then. That three-pointer, horrible shot. Squishes through for a guy who's made 25, I, I believe, around 25 threes this entire year. Oh, my gosh. Not, so not a three-point shooter. He's never been a three-point shooter. So adding a guy like, obviously, Vooch and having him there, I think, is a big help for that offense. And I think his presence alone is huge for the team, even though maybe his numbers aren't obviously what they were in Orlando. And, I mean, that offense is humming, you know. And then you have Caruso and Lonzo for the defensive help. Losing Patrick Williams was a big loss, but at least you have Crucial Alonso, two elite defenders on the perimeter. That helps a lot too. But it'll be interesting to see, you know, what the ceiling is for this team with I think their offense is as good as any in, in the league. Obviously the question becomes how far can their defense, you know, sustain them? Is it Eastern Conference finals, semis, NBA finals, time will tell, but it'll be an interesting team to follow. Yeah, I keep being mad at myself for saying I don't know who do I trust down the stretch, but like that question has been answered throughout the season. And that's just such old school thinking in me. Like, why am I thinking that when they've proven this year that we don't need that, but also we've seen DeRozan fall short year in year out in the playoffs when he was with Toronto. And that's still in the back of my head is what's he going to do come playoff time. Is he going to, is he going to, is his game going to fold again? And hopefully not like, hopefully he has the pieces around him that fit well to his game, but we'll see. We will see. Um, and then shout out to Billy Donovan, man. I mean, he was yeah. he was great in OKC. The fact that he made the fifth seed with that one that with the Russell Westbrook MVP MVP team was just a testament. His that was an amazing coaching job. I think he should have um, been coach of the year that year. Um, but uh, candidate now, for yeah. Sure. He, oh, definitely, definitely. I'll say, and I'll say the last thing I'll say about the Bulls for them, they got to keep the one seed because if I'm them, I want to avoid Milwaukee and Brooklyn at all costs until you know, the Eastern Conference Finals, right? Oh, yeah. So if they can – if Brooklyn and Milwaukee can be two and three, you let them play it out, like, another seven-game series like last year maybe, that's a oh, big – Oh, man. You know, that's huge. Huge for the Bulls. So they got to keep that one seed. And – oh, it's going to go down. It just – and the fact that they had so much to deal with with COVID and so many people yeah. out, and they're still the one seed. Is, I mean, so have the Nets, but still very impressive. Yeah, 100%. At one point, they – I remember they when they played the Cavs, like, they didn't even have any of their top seven players. Yeah, dude. Other than Lonzo. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Well, let me see. Uh, I guess we just, just stay in the Eastern Conference. In my opinion, I still think the Bucks are the team to beat. I Drew Holiday, I think, has taken that leap, maybe even above Chris Middleton this season. Drew Holiday's been so good at defense. Um, and so good at initiating the offense this season. Um, I mean, Chris Middleton's still like that closer that the Bucks need, but I just think I think Drew has just been so good for them. And the Heat, have, they, they, they've been ravaged. 
they've been ravaged by injury and they've been good when they've been together. And now Jimmy Butler does, is, do we know anything about his ankle injury? I hope he's, he's okay. Been, he's been injured. I feel like all year, like on and off, <laughs> on and off. I mean, Bam is the long-term one, right? Where Bam hasn't played now in a long, in a while. Yeah. I don't know even when Bam's supposed to come back. So they've been, the fact that they're still four is wildly impressive. It's because Yurt Seven is, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. He's, he's the real goat. He's better than Bam. Max. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's been playing well. He's been keeping <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the Bucks are still the team to beat. But also, a huge shout out to Steve Nash. The Nets have had crazy amount of COVID injuries as well, and they're still up there and like winning. And like, if James Harden's just playing, they're able to be elite. If Kevin Durant's just playing, obviously they're elite. And now Kyrie back in the mix, like I think the Nets are going to make even more of a jump. I mean, the so fact that Kyrie, them, but you're putting them below the Bucks. Ah, now I'm concerning myself because I guess I thought that before Kyrie came back. But if Kyrie's playing and he's able to play in the playoffs and stuff, I would say the Nets are the favorite. But if not, then the Bucks. If I'm the what Bucks, you... yeah, if I'm the Bucks and Kyrie's playing, I'm trying to make sure I'm the three seed and not the two seed. Make sure I do not have home court advantage in that series. Oh. Interesting. They're not actually, actually going to think about that, but if I'm a Bucks Dude, they fan, might. I, they think about everything. If I'm a Bucks fan... If I'm a Bucks fan, and if I know Brooklyn's going to be two, I would obviously want to be three. But I feel like it's hard. Like, I feel like COVID rules might change by April. Like, and Kyrie will be allowed to play. Mm, it's getting worse and worse, man. Yeah, but it's also get, it's getting worse and worse, but also the, the narrative around it is getting less, like, caring, if you know what I mean. Especially with the NBA. The NBA is considering playing players that are asymptomatic. <laughs> Yeah, but that's vaccinated, right? So right. It, it is interesting. I, I think in some parts, though, and obviously it, dep- it depends on where you live, right? And some areas are just getting more, you know, getting back to where we were maybe last year where it was more strict with protocols and guidelines and all that. And I feel like that's where we're headed right now, especially in a place like New York. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. Definitely. You know, we can talk about this more on our uh, politics, world, <laughs> COVID podcast but uh, right right yeah. outside outside the the disease um, outside the world yeah <laughs> outside the world yeah. outside the world beautiful um anything else in the east i mean we have to talk about our calves man like let's this is give them a few minutes let's talk about these calves go for it beautiful um jared allen's obviously an all-star i mean yep. we're going to do our all-star podcast and like we'll do our picks and stuff like just like we did last year and we drafted our team he's and in. all that he's in he's in um no doubt Darius Garland needs to be an all-star. I agree. He, I don't know, I don't think he's going to get it. I think he'll get it if there's like COVID and there's he's a replacement player. But he I needs to be an all-star. I think he's going to get it. I think he he's the engine behind this team. And the Cavs were the three seed for a long time. They were the four, like they were tied. And now they've had some injuries and Rubio went down. And that, I feel so bad. But first game without Rubio, Darius Garland has like 27, and four, like 27 points. Like very great efficiently. And it's... His efficiency, his shooting could use some work. He was like what yes. nine of twenty five yesterday. I think part yeah. of it was his legs, but oh yeah, first I mean, time since COVID. Yeah, he's he's a he's a no brainer all star in my opinion. Like, there's not many guys, at least guards in the East, though. Because think about it, like Kyrie's not going to be an all star. Like, there are certain guys that are locks every year that are not going to be an all star this year. I don't. I think you need to count twelve, and you won't get Darius. Well, you got to think guards, right? So you're not necessarily yep. counting twelve. All right, so let's say six, right? So Demar is above him. Even less because there's more front court spots than guard spots. Let's say all right, we'll say five, right? So I would put just spitballing here. Demar would be above him. Yep. Uh, James I would Harden. James Harden. Yeah. 
Zach Levine. All right, Zach Levine. Lamelo. Lamelo, no. Just the name. I'm saying name recognition, right? Okay. Okay. Trey. All right, yeah, Trey, you gotta put. Oh, you're Holiday, right. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, maybe. Those are guards. Okay, Jalen Brown, maybe. Jalen Brown's a four. Fred Van Vliet. I'm putting Garland above Fred Van Vliet. Oh, dude, Fred Van Vliet's been in, and he's the only. He'd be the only Raptor there. He's the guy. Like, no, there's just a lot, man. That's all I'm thinking. I don't think it's like that's why I'm like he should be in there. I think Darius going to be in there, but I don't think he's gonna get it. He'd be above Drew Holiday in my. I would. Oh, I would wow. have him above Drew Holiday. I hope so. I mean, man, he's been so good this year, and the jump he's made he's has been, been awesome. Man. And I know Miles Bridges is a lot of the most improved player traction, but Darius has been better than Miles Bridges. Yeah. Because Miles Bridges, I don't see Miles Bridges any All Star conversation. Like he slowed down. Right, and Darius, Darius should be the leader for most improved player. And don't come on here telling me Desmond Bain deserves it because I hate when they do that. For I mean, there's a difference between most improved and normal, like opportunity slash rookie slash sophomore improvement etc you know what i mean i hear you man we've both been pleading for that we've both been uh singing that for a while man right right um yeah the Cavs are the Cavs have been the Cavs are back Cavs basketball is back that's that's what i want to (laughs) say yeah i'll say wildly impressive like jb right along there with billy donovan in my opinion for coach of the year um and i'll say Losing Colin obviously hurt a lot. Like, we started the year off really well. I think – I got to say this because, you know, I love my boy Colin. We started the year off really well, and that was also with – Garland missed a few games at the start, if you remember. And we still mm-hmm. began the year 7-4, right? and four, right? So, great start, not what anyone expected. And 7-4 and four with the games we played initially at the beginning of the year, like those teams, incredibly, incredibly impressive. So, obviously, obviously, without Colin, we were still able to sustain it. Now it'll be interesting now that Rubio, we're missing obviously two of our top three guards. It sucks. I don't know how much we can do. I'm hoping we can at least get through the play-in. Um, but regardless, I think we've seen enough that this year is going to be impressive either way, and I'm, and I'm hopeful for the future. So. Right, yeah, definitely. Um, this year is all about just making the playoffs. Yep. But, man, they, if they can somehow get the back, they, if, they can, if Rubio, if Rondo can somehow – be like in that playmaking role that Rubio was. Obviously, he's not going to put up as much stats as wet. But if you can, can somehow just help take off that pressure from Garland, and we can get back to that top seed, that would be just freaking insane. Yep. Um, let's move over to the West. I don't think I want want to talk about. I mean, there's so many disappointing teams in the East. <laughs> there's so many we'll disappointing. Hit, we'll, we'll hit on some of them in trades. So right, yeah, we can right. jump to the West. Um, main takeaways: the Lakers are bad. I mean, LeBron has been insane lately, and it's holding yeah. the Lakers up, and they finally got above 500, but, man, they're bad. It's bad. It's bad. Just none of them fit together. And, like, this is what we talked about in the preseason. Both of us knew this was happening, and we just thought the talent of LeBron and AD will take them places. But, man, at that point, like, it won't even happen anymore. The fit is so bad with Russbrook. And anyone that even plays 2K would know that Russell doesn't fit next to LeBron. And they still went for it. They chose Russell over Buddy Heald. And I – Preferred Not Buddy only Buddy Hield, they chose what? him over Demar Derozan too. Yeah, yeah. Can you, ima- that can you is imagine crazy. this Demar on that LA team? Like, we would not be having this converse- conversation. We would have, we would have hated that fit too. But it would have worked. It would have worked. That's crazy. And oh man, Russell Westbrook, forever the most overrated player in my well, opinion. Well, well, all right. We'll get into that <laughs> later. But yeah, disappointing <laughs> team for sure. Yeah. Um, who are you? I mean, 
I was pretty high on the Warriors coming in. I had them in the Western Conference Finals, but I might have been undershooting that. They might be a championship team this season once they get Clay back. Yeah, Warriors, for me, I think I had them lower. Definitely I had them lower than you, but I also was just one of those people that I had no idea what to expect. So, like, if they were, like, a two-seed or something, I, you know, would not have, you know, been surprised. If they were, like, a 10-seed, would not have been surprised. Mm-hmm. Obviously, didn't think they would be as good as they are. Right. You know, didn't right. really see that, especially with without Clay yet. And I mean, yeah, wildly impressive. Steph's been insane. So good. It's just like you see the Warrior, you see a team like Golden State, and then you see a team like the Lakers. It's just you see one team with so much like synergy. They just play the game so well, so beautifully together. Like they're in sync. You see the Lakers, and it's just like LeBron, like, and then it's just garbage after that. Like what, the product yeah. on the floor. Like it just doesn't sync up, you know. So, like, I love watching the Warriors play personally. I think they're one of my favorite teams to play just because they just play so – like, they make the game look like art. Like, it's yep. just beautiful whenever they, whenever they play. So almost hard. like the Cavs. <laughs> almost. almost yeah. <laughs> um, but, no, like, the Lakers, this, like, they had such a good, well-built team around AD and LeBron. And, like, AD's been out for a while. Like, it's even tough, he, but... like Even with AD there, dude, like, AD just wasn't – Right. He hasn't been, like, that level since, obviously, the championship. AD can't be the third guy. Like, AD needs to be number two because if he's number three, he's a spot-up shooter, and AD's not, like, a Kevin Love as good as Kevin Love, like, spot-up shooting. Like, even Russ. Right, exactly. So And then Russ is going to handle the ball, so he's going to be a two no matter what team he's on. It's an issue when LeBron's your best, like, spacer on the floor. Like, that's a big issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they need to – they need to make some trades. And do you have any trades that you think the Lakers should make that could help their roster? Or do you think it's just you can't really do anything because you have Russell Westbrook and you're kind of stuck? I have, I have a trade in mind, and we'll, we'll get into that later. Okay. You don't want to just segue right into it? <laughs> well, do you want to talk about any other teams in the West? Um, I mean, the Grizzlies are amazing. Um, so well coached. John Morant is – there was like a debate, oh, is John the right pick? Should John have gone number one over Zion? Like – Maybe not should have because, I mean, with injuries, it's always just like a risk. You always go potential with number one, in my opinion. But Jaw, in my eyes, is more valuable than Zion. I would, oh, if I wanted to build At this point, no question. Right. I, I, and at the beginning of the season, no one would have said that. Or they might have been was, like there inkling, were some who inkling towards it. But now it's like yeah. 100%. Like, if you wanted to build a franchise, you would picking – even how like you're picking Jaw over Zion. Right. Yeah, it's I'm with you. Awesome. I, and I yeah. actually want to talk about the Pelicans, dude. Like, so I know Zion's been out, but like, man, what a mess that is, too. <laughs> David Griffin has done a Losing horrible Losing Lonzo like that, like, just horrible. He's got to be fired, right, at the end of the season? He's out. There's no way they keep him. He's like, out. Devontae Grant, giving up a first to get Devontae Grant, and then Losing why not just keep Lonzo? I mean, maybe he just wasn't happy and you weren't going to trade him, but like, trade him, like, sign him, match, and then trade him. Get something like, for He had value, right. like, He's such a tradable asset, especially wasn't a max contract. You can trade that contract so easily. Um, Do something like you you, imagine if they sign, re-sign Zion, and then the trade value that Lonzo would have right now, they could get a piece around Zion. I mean, so I, in my opinion, but but that's the thing where like Lonzo fits perfectly with Zion. Why would you want to (laughs) take that away? Well, he was he was unhappy and he didn't want to be there, so it's hard to. I don't blame them. I'm pretty sure there's, like, reports of him wanting to leave. Dude, there's reports of everyone wanting to leave New Orleans, dude. I mean, Lonzo and the Bulls, like, tampered to get that signed on. I'm pretty sure he was ready to... If they, if they wanted to keep him, they could have kept him. Right. I mean, they could just match whatever contract. Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. Trades? Yeah. So, yeah. Tell me about this Lakers trade. I want to hear it. All right. 
so this is a big one actually just to get this money to match, but it's Russ because like, and you know, news came out today that the Lakers have been shopping Russ to no one's surprise, obviously, but this one is uh, Russ to the Knicks because the Knicks have been a little disappointing this year and the Knicks listen, are not going to win a championship with this roster. And Russ, in my opinion, maybe behind LeBron is one of the other best full raisers in the NBA. He's not going to win you a championship, but he's just going to keep your team at least competitive and like interesting. And right. I think that's important for the Knicks. So it's essentially it's Russ and then um, Dwight or DeAndre Jordan, Dwight Howard, and Avery Bradley just for the money and just because they have to include more players going out. So essentially it's Russ and like three minimum level contracts for Evan Fournier, Alec Burks, Kemba Walker. Nerlens Noel and Kevin Knox. Knox is a throw-in, and Fournier, Burks, and Kemba just give them more shooting, which they badly need around LeBron. Fournier and Burks can play much better defense than Russ is playing at this point. I know they're not great defenders, but it's they basically you're bringing in like three guys who just fit so much better around LeBron than Russ does, even though they're not as talented. And then Nerlens Noel comes in, and if they don't want to play AD at the five, Nerlens Noel comes in and is way better than any of the Lakers centers. So. I just – it's not a great – you know, it doesn't seem like it's a great trade, but, like, that's what you're getting for Russell Westbrook. You're not going to get, like, a star or, like, an all-star right. level player. So. And the Knicks get rid of all the contracts they want that aren't great. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> some of them – they're not necessarily bad. It's just, yeah, like a mix of all these, like, kind of, like, bloated contracts. Yeah, so they get right. rid of those, um, and then they get three minimum level contracts, which they can do whatever they want with, yeah. Hmm. I've been – I've actually, for the last, like, five years, I've been trying to say the Knicks should trade for Russell Westbrook. Like, mm-hmm. they are a team that needs to just show that they're good and show that they can – so they can get free agents. Because they – aside from, like, any other small market team, like, they can get free agents there if they're good. And yeah. the Knicks just need that. And so I wanted them to get Russell Westbrook, even though they're not going to win a championship, but they're going to show that they're competitive. And then they can get those free agents and kind of become, like, a – Start, like how the Nets switched from being really bad and they got Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and they became one of the best teams in the league. So I like it. And like you said, like the Knicks are going nowhere right now. But at this point in Russell's career, I feel like it's too late for the Knicks to even try that because now you're just giving up and you're just saying, oh, well, we might as well sell tickets. Like at that point, the Knicks were already bad, you know? Well, they're not uh, good right now, you know? They're, yeah, I know, but like, their whole thing is, like, they play – and their defense hasn't been as good as it was last year, but, like, they can play defense with Tibbs. Like, he's going to – I would assume yeah. at some point they're going to become better defensively. I like you for the Lakers. Playoffs. Yeah, I do too. But we saw it in the playoffs where they just didn't have anyone consistently who could, like, create – and Russell, the thing is, like, yes, he has, like – you know, he can be inefficient, all this and that. But, like, at the very least, he's going to be someone who can consistently put pressure on someone's defense, you know, right. whether it's, you know, in – the open floor or whatever it is. So yeah. I mean that definitely not a perfect trade, I think, for either side. Yeah. Just something that like if both teams are like, you know, if the Knicks are like, all right, we're not getting Dame, we're not getting Ben, you know, none of these guys are we're gonna be able to trade for right now. It's just something they can do to kind of switch things up because obviously right now it's just not working. Yeah. And the thing is if you trade if like in a trade if you're trading away Russell Westbrook, it's not gonna be a pretty trade. It's gonna be an ugly trade that like looks yeah, like that. Like a bunch point. of bad contracts. Like nothing that that's why I think Russell Westbrook is overrated because fans like say, Oh, Russell Westbrook, we can get this and this. Like, no, you're getting Evan Fournier as the best return for like a player like Russell Westbrook, and that's fair. Um yeah, 
And I'd be I, I like with it. that uh, at this point. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't like Evan Fournier that much. I think he's just the most inconsistent kind of player and not what you need around LeBron. But it's it's oh man it's, it's i guess it depends on what your trigger level is for giving up on ross and like maybe it works out in the playoffs and you have that extra piece but maybe. i just don't i don't i don't see it but also if you're gonna make that trade for us you definitely should have like you see it and i don't know like i most people would have thought this would happen what's happening right now and you should have thought that too yeah like you as in the gm of the league right, right, right. <laughs> you as in rob Blinka. <laughs> Oh, if only it was me making the decision, dude. If I would have made that decision, whatever. I'm making, I'm making my money. I would be yeah, happy. True. But uh, yeah, uh, I mean, listen. I don't think this is gonna happen. Like, I just don't think after bringing in Russ that Rob Plink is just even from like the optic side that they would be able to make a trade where, like, like you said, Fournier is like. Even though I think it gives them a better chance this year, I don't think optically they'll be like we can make a trade where Fournier is the best asset we get back. Yeah, it's tough. The hard sell to the fan base. I wonder how Lakers can get like a four star, like if they can get like Jeremy. You gotta Grant. give up like you gotta give up someone like Taylor Horton Tucker, like one of these guys who you're not willing to give up. You gotta give up Taylor Horton Tucker. He's not helping them. Like he is, he's scoring like twenty five points once every six games. Yeah, but like, like you like, get Jeremy Grant, like you 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 can give up um, Horton Tucker, Kendrick Nunn, and Malik Monk, and get Jeremy Grant. And like, man, that's a that's a really inefficient <laughs> starting five. <laughs> But maybe you just need more scores for LA. Do you think? Do you think Detroit does that? They get. I mean, they have no need for Jeremy Grant anymore, and they get a young asset in Horton Tucker. They get a shooter next to Malik Monk's leaving in a year. He's going to get a big contract because he's been balling out. Um, if he keeps it up with what he's been doing the last month, yeah. um, but like LeBron and LeBron and Malik have found this like two man game that works really well together. Because I mean, because Malik well recently, a yeah. Um, but I mean, none hasn't played all year. Like, I don't know what his value. Like, he literally hasn't played a minute. All that's year. just what the only thing that works. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I'm Detroit, like, I don't know. It makes sense. Like, Jeremy Grant's like an interesting player. Obviously, at the same time, do you want like a veteran there to like help Cade develop, right? Or do you just want him out there with all these young? It's interesting. I don't know. I think it's like two ways to kind of build your roster. Do you like bring in like this young franchise level player and just surround him with young players, or do you bring in at least like a veteran, you know, who's been on winning teams before just for locker room and yeah. Help. So it's an interesting, it goes either way. Role where he's not like the primary ball handler. He's still been like a really effective, impactful player. Like it's not like he needs the ball. Kind of like, percent. kind of like Russ, like ball to be successful. Like Jeremy Grant doesn't need that. He can definitely be like yeah. a three kind of player. Yeah, we've um, seen it in Denver. He's, and he'd be yeah. a great, I think he'd be a good, great fit along uh, yeah. for the Lakers. Like he'd, Good defender, very pretty good defender, can shoot, spread the floor. He'd be a great fit for sure. Yeah, I just I don't think that's just pretty much trading Jeremy Grant for Taylor Horton Tucker, and like that's just Laker fans probably think the value is even, but it's not. I think Detroit gets more. Yeah, well, Maybe that's I, the thing. If you look at all these like teams that are going to be sellers at the deadline, right? Like teams maybe like Detroit or you know bottom feeders like that. Maybe outside of like Indiana, Jeremy Grant is like the best asset any of the other teams have in terms of like a controllable, you know, player for X number of years. So yeah. I think he's going to be a hot commodity for sure. And I think you're probably going to be able to get more for him than THD. That's the top thing when you win a championship, especially like if you go all out to win a championship, you just, and, you're, and it doesn't work out like in the next year, like you're, you're kind of screwed. Like you use up your assets. Like what happened to the Cavs? Like once we won, like we had no assets really. 
Um, the Warriors got lucky that that cap roll where they were able to get Kevin Durant and like obviously that team wasn't going to lose to anybody. So it's just I, like a unless you're like the Bucks, like they built that team from this ground up and they didn't have to like waste all their picks and stuff to get those assets. They did a lot for Drew and it worked out mm-hmm. and he's still in his prime and the team is still meshing together. But Lakers keep changing up their roster completely and it's not similar to what their championship team was at all. Yeah, but but it's again, it's not just like they gave up all these assets and gave, like they had opportunities to fix the roster and you know make it work. They just chose the wrong avenue. That's where this is. It's not because of the AD trader giving up all these assets. It's simply because they just made like two or three moves and didn't make another one or two moves, and it just wrecked them. You know, Taylor Horton them. getting up Taylor Horton Tucker for Kyle Lowry. Kyle mis- Lowry, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> one of them. Where it's just it's just those moves add up, right? So, yeah. All right. Um, all right. You ready for mine? We talked, we texted about this a little bit, but I want to do it on the pod and hear your, yeah. hear your takes yeah. on it. Um, I'm pulling up this guy's stats that I wanted to pitch to you. Um, perfect. I got it up. All right. So this is the trade. Mm-hmm. So it's a three team trade between the Pacers, the 76ers and the Kings. And I think it'll solve all the problems in the NBA right now. So, <laughs> Obviously, the Sixers are trading away Ben Simmons. This is the big Ben Simmons trade. I think that Ben goes to goes to Indiana, and they get a big three of Ben Simmons, uh, Brogdon, and Miles Turner. Um, and they would ship Sabonis out. So then Turner can kind of flourish as being that main guy up front. Mm-hmm. Ben can get in a new situation. Brogdon and Ben as a backcourt, I think, would just work so well together. Brogdon can play off ball. He can play on ball. Um, and I think – he can, and I think that's like the perfect fit kind of player next to Ben, especially when he can, he can shoot pretty well. Um, Sabonis doesn't go to Philly. Cause I don't think that Embiid and Sabonis work well together. So Sabonis goes to the Sacramento Kings and they can kind of build around Tyrese Halliburton and Sabonis as their main guy. I think that they've shown a lot with uh, Damian Jones lately being the center. And yes, there's going to be a lack of uh, floor spreading with that team. But I think you figure it out later. Once you get those two guys, you can build around. Um, and TJ Warren and Tobias Harris, uh, or, and TJ Warren goes to the Kings. So then Tobias Harris goes to the Kings as well. And Harrison Barnes flips to the Philly. So Philly's kind of upgrading at that, at that small forward power forward position, switching uh, from uh, Tobias Harris, who's kind of very inefficient player, but can kind of provide that same role for the Kings that Harrison's providing. Um, but Harrison, I think, has just been a lot more able to hit hit shots down the stretch, a lot more able to spread the floor. Just kind of like I think it would fit well with the athleticism that Philly needs around Embiid. And then obviously Philly would get De'Aaron Fox in this deal. So recap, Ben Simmons to Indiana, De'Aaron Fox, Harrison Barnes, and Marvin Bagley to Philly, Tobias Harris, Sabonis, and TJ Warren to the Kings. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. I do like it. I think, obviously, for Philly, getting Ben is huge, right? Especially for a market, a small market team like that, getting a guy with that – or sorry, that's what I meant, Indiana. Getting a guy like that with that level ceiling, you, you know, you don't, you don't get that unless you're in the draft, right? <coughs> so I love it for Indiana, or I like it for Indiana. Philly, my only thing is, like, I just haven't been that impressed with De'Aaron Fox this year. So I'm giving up Ben – so I'm giving up two of my best three players and I'm getting Harrison Barnes and De'Aaron Fox. 
if you'd have told me that at the beginning of the year, but well, like hey, and Marvin about, Bagley, Marvin's been averaging ten points a game. 10 I don't care about Marvin Bagley, bro. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I <laughs> that's just the potential right there, you know. Right, you know, one hundred percent. Yeah, he can like definitely come off the bench and be a contributor there for sure. And then De'Aaron Fox had a slow start to the season, yes, but he's kind of figured it out late of late he's shooting 80 percent or over over 75 percent from free throws which has been a big problem in his career in the past he's finally kind of getting that on the other end and i think if you don't look at it, the first 20 games this season he's been the deer and fox that we know if you're one question for you did you have to include the tobias harrison swap in there for for the money or was it to make it work you do i think yeah in order for to make the money work Gotcha. I can try. I can run it again, but I think I'm no, no. Sure. I I like the framework of the trade. I just don't know if Philly if it's fit enough for Philly. I like it for Indiana and for Sacramento, though. But can I, you I, show I, me what Philly's getting that's better? Like, what offer is out there where Philly's getting more than a super, like not a superstar, but an all star in De'Aaron? Like they're getting an all star back for an all star. I like New Orleans. I like Brandon Ingram more than more. I'd I'd rather have Ingram than Fox if I'm Philly. Ingram and Embiid would fit well together. I like that. And you can have... And it's Saturday. straight up. Does that work straight up? Straight up, it works. Oh, wow. Why isn't that done? Why is that not a deal yet? Who says David no? David Griffin, bro. You think David, David Griffin is of that? No, no, no. If you're asking me why it hasn't been done, I'm telling you, <laughs> David Griffin, bro. Man, we love David Griffin, but man, he fell off. He's been bad. But I don't blame David Griffin. Do you really want Ben and Zion together? So, we saw how well Zion can play next to, like, an elite passer, and we saw that with Lonzo, right? They don't have that anymore. Ben is the elite passer. I know the shooting is going to create a <laughs> headache, for sure, the spacing. But, again, if I'm New Orleans, like, Ben's ceiling is just higher than Ingram's, right? I take hey, that I swing mean, if I'm New Orleans. Jonas Valanciunas is, like, an elite three-point shooter. Yeah, he's shooting now, so that helps, too. <laughs> Jonas, Ben, Devontae Graham... Zion and who's playing? Who's playing? I mean, you uh, Josh figure that out. Right I mean, this is a long term. Yeah, I know. I'm just playing. thinking, like, okay, so you have a, you have a, but the thing is, you're really relying on Jonas there because once he's done or once he's out, like, you really need a good floor spacing at big man. You need a five who's a space. You need 100%. all other three positions to be like really space. good shooters. Yeah, you. Or else you run into like Philly's problem. Like they had, they had like when they had Horford and stuff. They like had Horford, Tobias. Yeah. And then once you're around meeting Ben, it just doesn't work. Yeah, 100%. You absolutely do. I just – if I'm New Orleans, I'm going to try something different because I'm kind of running out of time. Like, how much time do you have before, you know, Zion's like, I'm out of here or I want to be out of here. You give him the contract? I think you have to. Oh, my – I don't give it. I don't – I don't. Have, You don't I have tra- a choice. You know, you know what I do right now if I'm New Orleans? I trade Zion. Oh man, you got you know who I trade him that. You know yeah. who I trade him to. You Philly. know who would trade. You know who would give a good a lot of picks for him. OKC, the Knicks. Do they have other teams like picks? Do they, what, let's see what picks they have. I don't know, to be honest, what picks they have. But like RJ RJ Barrett, Ob, right? A lot I mean, of all picks. their young. You giving up every asset. Everything. Like, quickly, whatever. <laughs> Everything. 
yeah, quickly. Okay, let's let's see. Quickly, Grimes, Ovi. Let's see what else Pelicans have to add to make it work. Okay. Oh, this this can work easy, dude. Dude, there's yes, trade is successful. RJ, Ovi, quickly, Grimes, uh, and then hell of pick. Like they have to give their unprotected pick this year, which is going to be a good pick. Unprotected yeah. next year. Unprotected three years of unprotected picks. That's it. You gotta you gotta throw in more, dude. Four years of unprotected picks. Dude, the thing is, if you're trading Zion, I don't even know how many draft picks they got. If you're if you're trading Zion, and the best thing, like the the best player you're getting is RJ Barrett back. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe it's gotta be, a three team. It's gotta be some sort of three team deal. But like, what is okay in New Orleans? <laughs> it's so Zion. risky to pay you just him. Traded AD. You can't trade Zion. Yeah, it, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, it sucks to be a New Orleans fan, but like, you're gonna give him that huge max extension right now he's played like what 80 games <laughs> you have to you don't Dude. have a choice that's so risky go big or go home you you actually do go big or go home even if he plays you're what's 11 seed what is he like if he's like making the playoffs when he's healthy and he's making like a run for the championship or eastern western conference finals yes but it's not like he's like proven that he can do that already and he's proven yeah. that he can get hurt if he plays a full season <laughs> you, dude you have to I think he's he's so potential is so high, and I think you're only saying that because like if you don't do it, it's such a bad look and it's embarrassment. It like, is. It what is happening is. right now? <laughs> like it's an embarrassment what they're doing right if now. If you lose him, then then you're screwed. Yeah, I mean, someone's gonna give him a max. Yeah, he could just not play at all the rest of this year, and like next year, someone's still giving him a max. There's you really think potential. so? There's too much potential there. Someone Dang. is giving him a max. That's crazy. I wouldn't. I hope the Cavs I would, don't do that. I would bet I hope the everything don't. I have on that. <laughs> Actually, I, it'd him be max. nice if the Kings did that. I would like Zion and the Kings. Cavs better offer a max, too. They, big, they better figure out some way to do it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you don't, like Zion, he was considered a generational prospect. Last year, he was so good, too, on offense. That was Greg Oden. Yeah, but Greg Oden never played. He played? He, he played? He played as many games as Zion's played in his career. Dude, Zion played, what, most of the year last year, and he balled out. Like, year it's year. too much potential, dude. You, He's getting a max. You're not <laughs> trading Zion. There's no okay. way. Huh? True. All right, what, what other trades you got? Uh, I got CJ. Shake things up in Portland because they got to figure – they got to make some – it's man. bad. They got to figure something out. Obviously, the, there's the – Ben plus whatever for Dame. That's been talked about. No need to get into that. Right. Um, CJ for Marcus Smart, Josh Richardson, and Dennis Schroeder. So I think this one is – again, I don't, like, really love that one either. It's just more so <laughs> Portland just needs defense really badly. Getting Marcus Smart, obviously, one of the best defenders in the league. Josh Richardson gives you more defense, and it's sort of just another guy who can kind of, like, maybe help offset the McCollum scoring a little bit. You have already Norman Powell there, so you kind of already have that like scoring guard in addition to Dame, and then you have obviously Marcus Smart that I think can really help them defensively and plug up some of those holes. Richardson, another wing defender who I think has been pretty solid this year, mm. and and Schroeder, I think Boston's just gonna try to get rid of Schroeder at this point, at some point this year. I guess I let, I was gonna say without Schroeder, I was like, mm, but I, I don't know how valuable Schroeder is, and he's gonna leave next year. Yeah, he's so, not, I don't think he's that valuable. For Boston, it's just their defense, I think, is going to be fine. 
because, you know, you still have Ty Moore, you have Tatum, Brown, obviously. But they just really need, I think, more scoring from their guards. You know, I like it for Boston, obviously. I think for Portland, it puts a lot of pressure on Dame. It does. And yeah. Dennis, he's, look at him this season. He's already combusting. Like, he's been so injured. Yes. Um, carrying everyone. You're going to take away his next highest playmaker. And then you're going to put a lot of hope on Dennis Schroeder kind of being that guy to take all that pressure off him. And that's that's risky. Well, well, well. The, the, the guy is Norman Powell. It's not Schroeder. You're you mean you think so? Oh, absolutely. Norman Powell is way better than Dennis. Schroeder oh, I Dennis agree. Powell. But I'm just yeah. talking about like who's going to take the 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 the, big, the stuff that CJ does, the playmaking, all that. Like it would be Norman Powell. Like he would he would do what CJ does, and then. I mean, we just had Afrini Simons put up 43. Like, I think he's one of the – he's a guy who's been on the bench, but obviously he doesn't get minutes because CJ and Dame are there, right? Right. So he takes on a little, little bit of a bigger role too. This is more so like you're plugging up your biggest old defense. Yeah. And Man, I wish, thing, I, didn't trade, I wish they didn't trade Gary Trent because then I would love that trade. Yeah, he's playing such good defense now. Yeah. Uh, well, I, if you have Gary Trent, though, it makes it harder to make this trade because you don't have a creator like Norman Powell. <laughs> Gary Trent's not the creator that Norman Powell was, right? That's true. Uh, I, I will say, too, the other factor in this, Marcus Smart, his contract is amazing. It's like $14 million for the next five years because of the extension he took, right? Why did he do that? I So underpaid. I his agent understand. needs to be fired. Yeah. So, and McCollum, I think, is getting paid 30-plus, right, for the next, like, four years or something, three, four years. So, it's a big thing, obviously, salary-wise, too, because Schroeder's out of, off the books this year. Portland, Richardson yeah. will be off the books as well. So you just create also that big money. Um, Dude, that Marcus so Smart contract is crazy. It's crazy. That's what I'm saying. How? So like that's a big value there too. The bums making like how does McCollum yeah. make thirty million and Marcus Smart's making half that for five years? Like and what? A, like the value on that contract is absurd, and that, I think that's part of this as well. That's wild. Yeah. Well, that's that allows wild. you to then also sign Dame to the max that he wants, super max or whatever it is. And then before that kicks in, hopefully it gives you a chance to also like remake the roster, like getting getting maybe a couple quality starters in free agency. So, gotcha. All right, I have a trade. Go for it. With the Cavs, I don't think you're gonna like it. Ooh. We're giving up our first round pick. Unprotected. Maybe it maybe doesn't top matter. Three. It's not gonna be a high pick. Okay, yeah. top three. All right, just top five, just in case injuries. For Cam Reddish. I think we need. I think we need that wing score, and Cam well, Reddish. Do we not need to ship out any players? Well, okay, let's see who has to fit. Um, I'm pretty sure we can do it with Dylan. Oh, after the maybe we have to trade Rondo, <laughs> which is fine. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I think we can do it with just trading like Windler and the first. And Atlanta's only looking for a first. Like I think Atlanta says yes. If I'm. If I'm the Cavs, I'm doing that in a heartbeat because I like Reddish a lot, and he's just not being utilized enough in Atlanta because they have so many guys. I'm doing mm-hmm. that in a heart, especially because our pick isn't going to be that valuable for sure. Right. Windler, I'm, I'm kind of out on the Windler thing now. He's yeah. just injured too much, and he's just. I just don't think it. You think Atlanta does it? Like they know our pick isn't that valuable. They want a first round rounder for him, and I think is that, that what the price is. That's what I've heard, like according okay. to rumors, which is I'm surprised about. I don't know why the Kings aren't doing that. I don't know why a lot, a lot of teams aren't doing that. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I I know why some teams that are doing because it it's too risky if it's like un, if they want to unprotected first. But I would love that for the Cavs. They get that running score, like a Coro can switch with him, and 
all that. Um, I, would you do it if it was unprotected? If Rubio was healthy, so I like knew where the team was, I for sure would. I think I think I would. I would. That confident that we'll still finish in the playoff spot. I think Reddish helps this team a lot, so I think yeah. I would. I would. I, I, I don't say I don't see why Atlanta says no to that unprotected first for someone that they don't even use. Yeah. It's just he's so underutilized, it's wild. I would do that, yeah. If that's the price they're looking for, then yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm for it. I'm for it for the Cavs 100. I don't know why you thought I wouldn't like it. I love it. I thought I didn't think you wanted to give up our first. Oh, that's uh, yeah. This is a tweet from Shams that Hawks are seeking a first round pick for Reddish. It doesn't even say unprotected. All right, let's ship it out. Ship out. Make it Cavs. happen, Cavs. <laughs> you got anything else before we close up shop? I think that was it. Um, the other one I, I mentioned, Bi, obviously with Dame. I mean, the other one that I just don't understand why there isn't more traction for it, Bradley Beal for Ben. I guess the Wizards are doing obviously better than we thought. Like, they're 500, but still. I don't think the Wizards are interested in trading Bradley if he wants to be there. <sighs> like, that's a, that's a jersey sale. Like, that's your guy. Like, why move it? It makes sense for – He's a free agent like, right now. He's going to be a free agent, right? There's no extension in place. I'd feel pretty scared if I was the Wizards. That's a good point. That is weird that it's not getting any traction. Huh. What about Bradley Beal for – never mind. It doesn't even work. Ben just makes Bradley Beal, I mean, he had a weird – I feel bad for him, like a tough start to the start to the year and all that, but he hasn't been – like he's shooting like really bad from three this season. Yeah, but it's still Bradley Beal. Like Philly would do that. You know, like his value still – it's kind of like Dame where Dame's didn't, Dame hasn't like played that well, but it's still Dame and you've seen enough. You right. Know, you've seen him play enough, so. Right. Hmm. Last, I don't have any more trades, but last question for you. If you're Philly and you're not, like, getting any of these trades that you like, like you're not getting maybe, you know, the trade you talked about, Sacramento, you're not getting, obviously, the Portland deal, you're not getting Washington, do you hold on to Ben or do you just take, like, 75 cents on the dollar because you've got to make something happen? Beginning of the season, I was going to trade him. Now I say hold on to him. They're 21-16 and and bead has been out for a bit. They're holding their own. They don't desperately need assets. So I say, you hold on. What do you say? You got to trade. I, really? They're not. I mean, yeah, sure, 21-16, but you're not going to win a championship, right, with him. And you're wasting your superstar, one of his prime years, and I just think you got to trade him. You got to get something. You can also say you're wasting one of the most valuable assets in the league by trading it short. He is still yeah. one of the most valuable assets. That's fair. That is true. And, like, you're basing one of your most valuable assets during your, your franchise player's prime. It's just how much time can you, like, you know, I, I don't know. Dude, he's been out of practice for a long time. Can you imagine how much worse his shot will get? <laughs> I doubt he's fucking practicing his free throws right now. He's there's no playing, way. Dude, there's he's playing no Warzone. Way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you just got to treat him, dude. Like, if he's there past the trade deadline, the amount of criticism, the amount – it's just – it's a bad look, too. I, you got to figure something out. Who cares? I mean, the fact that they're still a pretty good team, despite all those optics, is impressive to me, and I don't think it matters. I mean, they're not anything more than a second-round team. That's their ceiling. They might not even make it out of the, out of the first round. Like, Yeah. Embiid's too good right now to just – So, like, what's 75 cents? What is that, Jeremy Grant? 
I don't. That's stupid to do that. Yeah, that's a good question. What is seventy-five cents? That's a good question. That's CJ McCollum, right? That's CJ McCollum and like this year little. That's seventy-five cents, right. and I will take that if I'm Philly. Well, I would I would wait till the deadline, and if that's the best offer I'm getting, then I'm taking it. Does Portland even offer that? Yeah, they would. Portland definitely would. I don't get why that hasn't been done yet. Philly's holding out. Well, no, no. Philly, I don't know if you remember, but it was Philly wanted McCollum, Nasir Little, I think Simons, and I think it was like two or three unprotected first, and that was way too much. That's just the whole thing. Philly's just wanting so much. Yeah, we'll see. All right, man. Dang. Well, looks like hopefully, man. I last year's trade them was anticlimactic, but man, every year is usually like sham, sham, yeah. sham, 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 sham. And I have a feeling it's gonna be pretty good fun this year. I hope so, because a lot of teams. Turn on our. We gotta turn on the Twitter notifications. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of teams. Well, I'll I'll, I'll see it firsthand. I'm just kidding. A lot of teams. You will. Think, You'll be. Oh, I might be making these calls now. <laughs> a lot of teams really need to make some moves. Like, not even just like. Oh yeah, they can wait to be awesome. Like a lot of things are desperate. Like Portland needs to do something. Like, what's the point of running it back? Like, do something. Pacers right there too. A lot of teams. Celtics. Celtics. I feel like Dallas. You know, Dallas. Yeah, seriously, it's gonna be the same exact result as last year. Luca is burnt out by Game Seven and can't do anything, and then needs someone else to step up. And then Kristaps has just been playing as a post-up player the whole season, and doesn't like it's. Christos has been good this year, but still, man. Oh, whatever. I just look forward to the Grizzlies Cavs finals two years from now. I saw a lot of that on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people looking forward to it. Yeah. Sweet, man. As always, this has been a fun one. Till next time, man. Any, any last words? This has been Outside the Zone. Oh, he, he stole my thunder. As always, this has been Outside the Zone.